Welcome to the PT Mentor Academy podcast. Myself, Nick and Ant are joined by Dan Osman, who is an incredibly experienced personal trainer, um, does online coaching, is a co-host of the podcast Fitness and Filtered, which is my weekly go-to um, at the beginning of a week. We talk through supporting your client's mental health through this um, scenario that we find ourselves in. Some absolute golden takeaways, really good conversation, um, and it's really great to hear from such an experienced, well-rounded uh, professional in the field. Enjoy, guys. We've got we've got rid of Asbo this morning. He's gone out. <laughs> nice. We've just got Lexi nicely working away in the background. All right, mate. So appreciate you coming on. Um, massively appreciate you coming on. And oh, apologize. Yeah, mate. It's it's nice this because it doesn't look like well we know for a fact that body power isn't going ahead, and you guys definitely would have been on our main stage with us, and so that's a shame. But it's nice to get you on here, and hopefully we can get you all on again. Um, Obviously, today's topic is something that we've talked about lightly, probably in every video that we've done of these, um, but not really focused on it for a good, say, 30 to 45 minutes or however long this takes. Um, and I think it's something that not only um, are the PTs completely aware of that they need to support their clients with, I think like we've just talked about, it's going to be really good today to give your spin on how to support themselves and what type of methods they can put in place to help the client self-reflect, a bit like the conversation we had over Instagram last night. Mm -hmm. um, but first, before we do all of that, mate, let's do the whole intro, um, give yourself a bit of a background, let the guys know who you are, where you're from, that type of stuff. Over to you, pal. Oh, how far do you want to go back? Okay, so um, believe it or not, I know, appearance-wise, um, I've, I've been coming on nearly 15 years, I've been working in the fitness industry, and that was way back from... Um, university that was wiping down sweat machines, that was doing intros in the gym, body MOTs, stuck there, worked as a PT um, whilst I was at university, stayed on there, um, did my UKCA, had aspirations of being an SNC coach, got an internship with Saracen's Rugby Club, worked with all these TAT athletes, and then uh, quickly realised you have to work a lot of hours. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of things for working in SNC, and actually the work isn't out there because athletes are skin. Um, and sometimes we're a bit more of a, a difficult population to work with. So general populations that predominantly who I work with now, I do some writing, um, I do some presenting, I go into corporates, and I do some talks around well-being, much of what we're talking about today, and anything else will bore the listener. So thank you for having me on. No, that's class, mate. And it's just that you've got a kind of background to me, 15 years, similar coming to S&C and that type of stuff, done a bit of voluntary work, scholarship work, and found that there was yeah. a at that point. And hardly any jobs as well at that point as well. Um, but that's a similar, similar situation to me, and I suppose nicking points as well. Cool. So just off the back of that, um, where would you like to start with this? Because it's such a broad topic and we could probably go off in loads of different tangents away in different areas. So where would you like to start with um, this type of conversation? It's, it's a difficult one, but what, what I first like to state is I am not an expert. I'm not a mental disorder expert. And I think, you know, as PTs, we do sometimes have a tendency to operate outside our scope of practice. 
But mental health is a topic I think should be normalised. It is an everyday thing. We talk about our physical health, we talk about our physical well-being, whereas mental health is something that we all have, even if we don't suffer from a mental health disorder. So I think that's quite an uh, important point to stress there. Um, we talk about conversations of it being woke, about it being brave, you know, people coming out of it. But, you know, if we are to alleviate this, this stigmatisation around mental health and the conversations around it, I feel like almost we need to stop congratulating people around it and just encourage that, that conversation. Um, in terms of mental disorders, if we have to label it, I've been through a lot in my life as well. Um, I'm quite transparent with this stuff. I think sometimes um, in order to be part of the solution, we've, we've got to contribute to that in some way. So um, anxiety and depression was something I was diagnosed with early 20s. I'm quite open and transparent about that. And I spent a lot, a large degree in my twenties, not really wanting to be around as much. So dealing with my own mental health, my own mental disorder has been a huge part of my adult life. Um, so if I can be involved in any conversation, promoting awareness of it, talking about it, uh, encouraging each other to have transparent conversations around it, I'm all for it. So that's why I, I leapt at the opportunity to take part in today. Brilliant. And then with at this time, obviously, we brought this topic up because people's lives have been turned upside, upside down. And I think, and I can relate to what you just said and two of the things for me that really supported me through that time um, that I went through and so on over the few years that I did was having some elements of structure and routine and, and mm. some negotiables within my day that I just had to get in. And part of that was the gym. Like part of that was being in the environment. Part of that was helping people, which was my job. And that were, they were my non-negotiables to make me feel better. Um, there's a lot of people that have just had their lives turned upside down where they're going to have to work from home. Potentially, we don't even know, do we? Um, so obviously, this is where the conversation started. What advice would you give personal trainers now with, their, with the clients that they have in how to support and kind of lead with this type of stuff? Yeah, I, we, we have this discussion separately, but I think it's actually a great time to develop those potentially non-tangible skills, empathy, compassion, understanding, really develop our listening skills. So... First and foremost, I think we just need to meet them where they're at because for some, they are just on survival mode. They are just coping at the moment. Um, you, you, I mean, you mentioned people working from home. In, in the worst situations, some people have lost their livelihoods. Some yeah. people are potentially losing their businesses. No one knows how long this is going to go on for. So it's meeting, where they're, meeting them where they're at and helping them realise that you're there to give them whatever support they need. This is, I, I think, where we... We step into the coaching role a bit more. This is it's not just about exercise prescription and nutritional recommendations. It's listening to them and developing the humane parts of us, you know, so, so we can best help them. I mean, a lot of mine at the moment, it's, I say a lot of mine, a couple of mine, is it's just today we're just going to, we're going to go to bed, we're going to go to bed at the same time, we're going to get up at the same time, and we're going to start our day by achieving something. Read a chapter of a book. Done. That's all we're going to focus on for the time being because they're in such a bad way. Yeah, just on that, we say that term a hell of a lot, and I can see Nick's head ticking over, ready for asking you for some questions as well, but um, we say that term so much, meet the clients where they're at, and it means so many different things in regards to nutrition, exercise, wellness, mental health, all of that type of stuff. Do you want to just go into that a little bit more from the mental health side of things by meeting where they're at, and what you've done potentially with your clients to understand where they're at right now? Yeah, I think part of it is the rapport you've developed already. I mean, to a certain extent, we all become friends with our clients. Um, I don't know, obviously, that's not in the strictest sense, but it's, you know, how are you feeling? Those little text messages, they can mean a whole lot, whole lot to some people. Um, 
where do you feel we can support you at the moment? Are, are you happy to give training a break? I'm happy to run you an at-home program. It can be, you know, simple recipes. It can be, it can be anything that they need right now, more than anything, just letting them know that you're there to support them. Um, and even if it's not in an exercise sense, it's not in a nutritional sense, it's I'm a person of trust in your life that you can contact and reach out to if you need to. I'm just letting you know I'm here to support you and listen to your problems if I have to. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, quite a few of the, the conversations we've been having and quite a few of the comments that are coming up on the group is, I guess, the trainers watching this back is, you know, you let's be honest, we've, we've had a luxury or the guys have had a massive luxury of having a, a captive audience as in when the gym's open. And I guess, especially with having lots of new trainers into the industry, just starting out, you know, within their first year, I suppose quite a lot of them are <clears throat> almost struggling to understand understand boundaries understand how much to kind of offer support because i think a lot of them watching this back will have had that kind of setup or their business early on starting out as the clients come in they train them they go home and there's very mm. there's very little relationship built up yet right okay i guess and it's something that I've been thinking about over the last few days is how can how can I help the PTs kind of reach out? What advice can we give to when they haven't got that level of rapport built up where they're almost in conflict of shall I say this? Shall I reach out? How much is too much to give to them or yeah. offer them? Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know what your take is on that. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting one, and you know, from what Anne mentioned before as well, in, in terms of our own boundaries and how much we want to take on and managing our own mental health as well, that's something I think is going to be pretty individual. Um, not mm. everyone's going to want to be that sounding board for their clients because the truth of it is there's a, lot, there's a lot of PTs out there going through their own stuff at the moment because, yeah. as you said, if you're a developmental PT, you've, and what I liken it to, to my wife, for example, is it's more or less someone sticking on a zero hours contract and then closing your building. Yeah. It's, it's really limited to what you're able to do. Um, I think community is, is a, such an important aspect at the moment. If there is the possibility of calling your clients into one place um, and letting them know how, that you're their support, um, like exactly what you guys are doing right now, you know, you're putting on all this support for, you, for, your, um, for the Pure Gym team. Um, but yeah you're exactly right it's, it's protecting your space and it's it's very difficult um I, i'm struggling to give you a definitive answer because yeah. the only way you're going to find that out with a client is by asking them yeah what support can i offer you at this time depending on how close they feel to you how much they trust you you know some some clients may simply be at the moment do you know what i just need some space to get my head mm. out because people are just coping people are surviving looking at the prospect of not being able to pay their bills yeah i think there's something nice in the fact as well nick that we've what we've touched on over the past few days is that for the first time ever every kind of person's in the same boat yeah with that there's going to be a massive sense of relatability yes everybody's different everyone's situation's different everyone's mental health is different i completely agree but actually there's some there's a level of relatability in 
actually, can I, as a personal trainer and as a coach, stand up there and go, right now, I'm a little bit all over the place with this. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, guys, I'm going to try and get my together over the next couple of days. And this is how I'm going to do it. I don't know if this is going to help someone. Because I think sometimes getting them people into your group, your close client groups, and then communicating in that way really helps them. If you haven't built the relationship, like Nick just said, really helps them then sit down and think, actually, I would look at Ant and think he's got all his shit together and he, he's going to train it up in the morning and at night as well. His nutrition side because he's at home. Or actually, I'm a little bit all, I was a little bit all over the place until I've given myself some structure and routine. Um, so I think there's some there's a level of kind of relatability and actually communicating that you haven't got shit together at this point as well. Um, yeah. And that might build a bit more of a, re- a relationship with them if you haven't got it, I suppose. Yeah, exactly as you said. You say some there's some reassurance and comfort in knowing that everyone is going through this at exactly the same certain degree. Um, not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying of any one person, but not all PTs are known for their empathy, their level of compassion. It's, now is the best time to best, better understand your clients because we're all in exactly the same boat. And th- again, developing those humane aspects of our coaching ability and how we communicate, it's, it's exactly as you said, it's letting them know we haven't got shit together. Because I don't know, I'm not aware of a, a pandemic handbook for personal trainers out there. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen a six-figure mentor offer one on Instagram yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that, does, that doesn't surprise me. You know, I find, I find this is a bit of a tangent. That's such a fascinating part of this. It's, you know, people offering advice on how to get through this and making it a chargeable service. And don't get me wrong, if you're mentoring people anyway, that's part of it. But... Char- charging people to mentor them, to mentor them through a pandemic, having never been through a pandemic yourself. It's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. It's mad, isn't it? We're actually, we were talking, this is going off topic, regards to what topics to talk with Chris Burgess next week. And we were talking about kind of how you would market and you market your services at this time with it being a little bit cagey. We touched on it with so, and we're coming past, I think we're coming through that element of now. Actually, we're all in it. We're over the shock slightly. Some are a bit different. We're over the shock slightly. We're dealing with it a little bit better and probably give it a week. And actually, people will start to then realize that it can potentially now start to fit in health and fitness back into their lives again in some format. But it might not be now. Like you've just said, some people's heads rush, 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 completely fell off at this point and go, whoa, leave me alone for the time being. Give me some space and I'll see where I'm at in a week or two. And that's completely fine. And I think the thing for me, and I wanted to kind of rewind back to what you've just said, about how as a personal trainer, what advice would you give me? Because I'm thinking back when I was 23, 24, 25 with like definitely a lack of empathy within my, within my business and within myself. Like what advice would you give me as a coach to make me a little bit more empathetic, empathetic and, um, and be able to communicate a little bit better and I suppose in and around them areas? Yeah, I think to a certain degree, uh, emotional intelligence and empathy comes a little bit with experience. Um, and the only way you can do that is by just doing more, communicating more with your clients. It's, you know, there's a phrase, I love this phrase, it's listen, listening happens on the, the terms of, a li- of who you communicate to, in that we all work with a certain group of people and they all prefer being communicated with a set, different different way. So you've got your analytical types. Well, there's, there's, no, there's no chance in fluffing that stuff up because they just want data. They don't want you telling them they're brilliant. So this is a way of developing those skills and better understanding your clients and how best to communicate with them going forwards. I completely agree on that. 
complete. I think some of the things that, um, you know, that what you said about community, bringing them kind of together, I think just is, is such an, um, an amazing tool, whatever way you do it, whatever platform you use, because I think, you know, you're obviously sitting there almost, if you haven't heard from a couple of clients, maybe, and you kind of sit in there going, shall I show not? shan't i kind of text or whatsapp or whatnot and i think if you've got that community on a group of whatever format that is you can be relentlessly consistent and deliver those different types of messages to people um, and they will pick it up and respond and engage when it's right for them Uh, some of them will be on day one some of them will be in two weeks when they've taken their time to get used to it i think the worst i mean I'm kind of going off what we're doing with this group and with other groups we've got going on. And um, I think you can almost be put off by sometimes maybe a couple of pieces of communication have gone really well and it starts to slow down and it'll pick up again and people will dip in and dip out of that. And I think, I think one thing that you've got to realize as a coach and a trainer, when you're, we spoke about this yesterday or the day before, I can't remember, you know, you are that kind of leader of that group almost at this point. And I think, you know, the more you can facilitate some type of communication, whether that's verbally, whether it's on the phone, whether that's through social media, whether that's through likes, whether that, whatever that, whatever that means to that person, I think is the, I think is the, probably the, the best thing you can do going forward for your group of clients and then down the line, um, like you said, it facilitates you to kind of practice those skills and set up maybe, you know, more one-to-one communication with people, maybe phone calls or whatever that may be. But I think, I think you're bang on there, mate. I think that, that community now with certain people being isolated, I mean, everyone's isolated, but lots of different degrees of that. If you're single, family, kids, you know, it's all going to be slightly different even if you're in a even if you're in a family setting you might feel a bit isolated there's you know you don't know mm. so i think that is a huge takeaway for anyone watching this is i just don't think you can communicate enough at this point whatever that yeah. looks like exactly as you said nick if you don't want me um, just stressing what you said is is mm. being a leader in a situation doesn't necessarily mean a leader that provides the answers but a leader in terms of leading by example, when you are feeling a bit vulnerable and you know you are having a bad day, let people know that, and they, they themselves might feel like they can open up about it. And again, it's just stressing that message that support is here. I think loneliness is potentially one of the biggest things. Anyway, um, this situation exacerbates that hugely. And in terms of mental health um, and mental disorders, it's it's not something we're at all equipped with. And I don't think anyone is fully equipped to deal with someone who's having real mental health disorders um, and dealing with someone else's mental health because I don't even think we're all equipped to deal with our own at times. Yeah, no, I agree. And do you know what? Bethany's just asked a really good question here. So um, we'll put in with a couple of questions. And if you've got questions, guys, just ask questions throughout. Um, and then obviously if it relates to what we're talking about, we'll pull it out there. And then if not, we'll do them at the end. So keep asking questions. And what would be your best recommendation for the PT? How do we um, how do we be a strong part of the client support network without taking their problems on as our own? My client base includes a few with diagnosed mental health conditions. Great question. 
Yeah, um, I think, you know, excuse the crass way of using the language, there's, I do think there's a way of listening, but also recognising, like, that's not my shit. As in setting those boundaries in that you are that person to listen to, but not taking on that person's baggage as well. I think that's, that's a healthy way to, to go about it. But going back to what PTs can do as well, is just putting into practice some of the things that you might be doing. You know, I'm a big fan of journaling. We get, our, we get our clients to record their workouts. We get them to log their food. But how about they start journaling, have their thoughts and feelings every day? Like how, how are they feeling? Is there something that's happened that they, that's triggered those feelings? Were they on their phone a lot? Did they watch the news quite often? And it's only by writing that stuff down that you, over time, identify what those things are that exacerbate those low moods. But that is only through uh, journaling and things like that. Meditation is something that, if you mentioned that to me two years ago, I would have rolled my eyes at you. But actually, there's loads of free stuff on Spotify. There's guided meditations on YouTube. Just being away from the world, I think, is a perfect way for everyone sometimes to cope. Sticking some noise counseling headphones on, laying there with your eyes closed. I don't think it's always healthy, but I think we all need distraction to a certain degree whether that's watching some stand-up comedy, that's keeping yourself busy with work. Sometimes to feel everything at once is a bit overwhelming. So I'm not encouraging people to push their feelings down, but if they feel particularly overwhelmed, sometimes distraction is a really helpful tool in there. Um, did I answer the link for that question? That's quite a long question. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it was one of my questions actually, because you mentioned it when we were talking over Instagram. You mentioned some self-reflection methods that, because we talk about this a hell of a lot, and I've put this into place with one of my, well, two of my clients actually, uh, in regards to self-reflection on setting themselves up and giving themselves non-negotiables for the day that aren't training nutrition-based. Because um, yeah. I've got a lot of corporate kind of males who, at this point, are just don't know what to do with themselves because yes, from home, some of them have kids and so on. So it's worked really well for me, but. I think coming from somebody else, because I've said it a few times now, what different self-reflection methods would you put in place? You, you mentioned a couple there with how they think and feel. How would you deliver that to your clients? Um, morning journaling is something I encourage a lot of my clients to do. As, long, as part of a, a great, a grander like morning routine, for most of mine now, especially the corporate guys that haven't had time to do this, um, but st still revolve their days around some sort of structure, it's the perfect time to implement a little bit of morning routine even if that is just getting up, getting showered, <laughs> having a little bit of stretch, doing a little bit of journaling. And actually, again, something if you mentioned to me a couple of years ago, um, gratitude lists are hugely helpful, I think, as well, recognising the positives in this situation. And that can be just, you know, I'm grateful that I've got a coffee machine, which I haven't, sadly. Um, but one reason <laughs> all that I know, Travis I'm pointing at Nick now. I'm pointing at Nick. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah that would be a deal breaker for me if you know one. yeah mine it broke last week <laughs> I, I justified it as a luxury item that i wasn't going to pay for at the time <laughs> and then i ordered one last night because i can't i can't <laughs> i need it brilliant with the self-reflection and the journaling again it's, it's identifying those things that and again, it's a boundaries thing, I think, with, with that as well. So with the self-reflection, it's recognising what makes you feel good, but also what makes you feel rubbish. Mm. So that can come down to even filtering your social media feed. I mean, I don't follow many people at all on my social media. I'm very mindful of, and you know, we, we talk often about what we feed our bodies, but 
what we allow into our minds and how frequently. And if we base our reality on what we're exposed to most often, and if that is just an Instagram scroll, yeah. and it is doom and gloom, if it is just six packs, it's not going to make any of us feel good about ourselves. No. If you need to follow puppy accounts, just, just puppy accounts. <laughs> just yeah. recognise what makes you feel good and the stuff that makes you feel crap. I thought that was, I think that's massive. I really, I think I mentioned that last week. Um, I was just, I don't know what it, I can't remember what day it was, but I think I watched, I watched the news, but it was either before or after the, the daily update from the government. And I just sat there afterwards like, oh my gosh. And it was the first time I really kind of let all this, these different opinions and what ifs and coulds and buts and all this stuff kind of sink in. And it's not that I'm ignoring the important information. It was more like so-and-so said this and, uh, you know, my friend's mum's dog walker's cousin's a doctor and they said this and it's just, yeah, uh, it just, yeah, it can really impact on you. And I, I, I'm, I think I'm quite a self-aware person, but I don't think I would, as soon as I recognise that, and I think it was the day after or the day after that and we were on a live or something, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I really felt myself going not just going down, not going downhill, but just, I guess, just letting the whole situation kind of overwhelm me, I reckon, more than anything. Um, so as soon as that happened, I was like, right, I'm going to keep the, myself up, educated and up to date with what's going on, obviously, but anything outside of that, it's just not going to help me at all. Yeah. Um, so that's a visit. Yeah, there's a lot to be said in that as well, what Nick's just said, because um, when I went through the two or three years of kind of a bad time, it always stays with you and obviously everybody's different. The bad time that I had that was effective with mental health and so on. Like the way I come through that was to really set myself goals that, that were really emotionally connected to myself, that affected my kids, my family, my future, all of that type of stuff and broke them down into... And even down to daily, weekly, and monthly non-negotiables that I'd need to do. And what I struggled with, if I'm dead honest with people, last week was a lot of my goals and my non-negotiables that I do daily, weekly, and monthly were throughout the window because I have to stay at home. And similar situation to Nick, where I was a bit more self-aware of potentially what might happen. Um, well, that then affected me in a sense of, I don't know how to combat this. And my first thing, and I, like, I must have spent half a day, and we laughed about it, but I spent half a day putting a time management schedule together, hour by hour, with colours, with what I was doing per hour. And because that day I felt lost, completely lost. I didn't know. I felt like my jobs list was running away with itself, and it was affecting me. So I put non-negotiables in place and a structure and routine. And then it started to take me back to when I did go through that time and actually how I combated it and go over it. So it was with what I was trying to do was deliver what I could do, what was in my, my control, which was something so simple and basic that made me feel tons better when I did feel a massive amount of overwhelm and causing conflict in the house and so on. So it's going to affect all of us. And I think that brings Haley's question is, again, brilliant and Brilliant and honest again. I'm struggling with my own mental health at the moment. Doing better than I was um, now, but since all this happened, finding myself throwing myself into work and looking after my clients to distract my thoughts, that's the same as me, and feelings away from myself. How would you advise switching off without feeling too low and avoiding compassionate burnout yourself? 
Um, so I think I've just give my answer for that. So I'll leave yeah. it over to you, Dan. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. You know, it's especially men, like we're all guys on here. Um, like when it comes to kindness and compassion, men aren't really part of that narrative. Mm. But I think we all just need to be a bit kinder and a bit more compassionate with ourselves sometimes as well. And the same as we manage goals um, and expectations with our clients, we need to do that with ourselves. Um, and me talking personally, I mean, at the moment for me, all my corporate talking gigs are gone. Um, any body power, etc., all my other talks are gone. Um, I still coach up to a large degree, one-to-one. A lot of that's gone. But also the reality is, is that I have no childcare. I've got a three-year-old running around. My wife works full-time. Business for me, but managing realistic expectations, as much as I'd like to progress things, that's not realistic at the moment. If I can maintain some of what I've got, and it's just being at ease with what you can do and not putting pressure on yourself with things that you can't do. Um, so it's the same as, you know, you'd be talking to your client right now that wants to stick on 10 pounds of muscle and it's, okay, like we can make you fitter, healthier, we can still improve how you look, we can still lose a little bit of weight. Adding a ton of muscle might be a bit unrealistic. I want to get super shredded for a photo shoot. Okay, well, like the immunity and being in a, a huge calorie deficit at the moment is going to help your immune function. It's probably not going to help things, ostracizing with, with meals of families and things like that. So it's, yeah, again, managing expectations with ourselves as much as it is with our clients. And if that means, I do it quite often actually on a Sunday, I have my, my Nokia, which is my Sunday phone, because I haven't got the willpower to resist those little notifications on my iPhone. If I use my phone that hasn't got WhatsApp, it hasn't got Instagram, it hasn't got Facebook, it's out of my mind. You know, and I, I always feel more refreshed from that. So time away from your phone, I think is a good one. Um, immersing yourself in things that don't always involve the input from others. Speaking as an introvert, I can always get on with less contact with people, but if you're a naturally, naturally an ex extrovert, I mean, you've got a house party, you've got FaceTime, physical human connection we haven't got in place at the moment, but if you can be connected with as many people as possible by not using social media and actually calling up friends and having group chats, I think that's helpful as well. I, I think this is brilliant. I related this, Nick, sorry to butt in, mate, but I related this the other day on one of the other ones to that time, and this is for Haley's question. It's that time when you are disconnecting from your people of work and your client base and all of that, and you've no longer got something to do that makes you feel good and better. It's that time, like, and this is how I related it. It's like that week of Christmas when you're a little bit lost and you're not ticking jobs off your to-do list. Yeah you're just melting into the sofa watching whatever, eating whatever, and it's all making you feel like shit. Um, and that's how I felt last week before I put that structure in place. So I think, sorry to put in, uh, Nick, because I know you were going to say something then, but I think from my side of things, Hayley, like, give yourself some structure, give yourself some daily non-negotiables that you're going to do in the hours away from work. So what do you really want to do? Is it listening to a podcast, reading a book, get out for a walk? Um, is it that you... <coughs> I don't know. You watch that program. You've not been able to watch for so long. There's no harm in that at this point. And um, so, yeah, I'd give yourself like, tell yourself what you're going to do by the hour until you go to bed. Is it that you're going to shut off half an hour before you go to bed from everything and just read? Like there's so much you can do, but I can relate to that question a hell of a lot. Um, but then non-negotiables would really help me. So hopefully they'll help you as well. Nick, you were going to say something then. Sorry, pal. No, no, it's fine. Um, similar, really. I think, there's a lot to be said, you know, to carry off the back of what both of you said, really. I think once you've 
once you've got to the place where, because everybody's reacting over the last whatever days it is, 13, 14 days, everybody's reacted, everybody's trying to find some form of the, a new reality, a new normality in their working day and just daily lifestyle. And I think, you know, to, to, to support that kind of, I guess that overwhelm and, and taking on, almost taking on a, maybe a little bit too much from clients is having that separation and boundaries, whether that, you know, whether you, and it's really, really simple things, really simple things that can help that and facilitate that is, you know, putting opening closing hours on, on your business again, putting auto responses on your emails again, you know, if you've taken it off or you haven't had those on, really simple things like that, I think will really, really, really help to just create some type of structure for yourself. And also when you do those types of things, you're accountable to your clients as well in regards mm. to, right, I am closed at this point. I will answer messages and get back to you at this point and do X, Y, and Z. And I think that will just really, really help to, because yeah. a lot of the time, even though I wanted to finish work at six o'clock last night and I was typing away and doing bits until about nine o'clock and it was, not that I was forced to, but I, I guess I just didn't, I wasn't accountable to anyone, put it that way. And so, all right, I'll get this done now, so I don't have to get it done tomorrow. And I know the same thing will happen tonight if I don't put something in place to kind of shut me off almost. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I think anything you can do, and it, different things will work for different people as well. Yeah, I think, sorry, sorry to interrupt you there, Nick. I was just going to say, because you, you brought up the point before of like setting boundaries and being a leader and leading by example, it's exactly that. So if you're texting your clients at nine o'clock at night, at the same time telling them to spend less time on their phone, yeah. you're setting precedent. So mm -hmm. you are making yourself accountable to each other. So exactly as you said, if you're sitting almost hours in which you're keeping contact with your clients, that's then your hours to stick, working hours to stick to as well. So if you've, you know, you don't respond to clients after 6 p.m., for example, mm. that then tells, tells them that you're off work and they should be off work as well. Mm. Further stressing what you're revising them. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, hang on, mate. Um, and Hayley, if you've got any other questions off the back of all of that, what we've just said, like going into context over one point, two points, please just let us know in the Q&A or chat box. Can I, can I just add one more thing? Is that all right? Because I think, again, like, it's not really a conversation in, in kind of the male narrative, but when it comes to like, self-worth and self-esteem, is if we were in the business of helping people, we've all got like a little little bit of a void in us which gets filled up when we help others. So, okay, it's not always possible that we can help our clients at the moment, but is there someone else in your household that you can do things for at the moment? Like personally, I'm making sure like I'm, my wife and my, my daughter's breakfast, lunch and dinner are sorted as much as possible. That's my way of doing something for someone else. So by doing something for someone else, sometimes your preoccupation isn't always about you. And there is something quite rewarding about that, something else that fills you up, and it's not always about servicing a client. Yeah, do you know what, mate? It's a good shout, and that's something that you can directly control as well, in a sense of, because one of the things that I was slightly overwhelmed with last week was obviously this homeschooling thing for the kids, and I'm like, I've got a four-year-old who's like the Tasmanian devil, and I've got a nine-year-old who's absolutely amazing, um, and she wants to work, and he just wants to get people in arm bars. Uh, <laughs> I wonder where you got that from. Yeah, single-legged single people upstairs. Um, so I've got that, and I put a lot of pressure on myself last week when I put mm. the structure in place going, right, 
I've got an hour for lunch with them. I've got an hour for schooling. And then that might not have happened. And I was like, like this isn't working like at all. So I need to take control of what I can, which is let's get them out of the house while mum works and let's do a bit of activity. And that obviously made me feel a little bit better. Um, yeah. And then the other thing that we've, we've done in, in our house, and again, this is for you, Hayley, you might want to practice a new skill that you've not had the opportunity to do. And like we've all concentrated on one. I've been doing handstands against the wall and all this sort of stuff. Try to catch Nick up with his handstand walks. <laughs> but yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So just having a new skill passes an hour, um, an hour or so. And by the end of it, we don't know how long it's going to last. You probably could be able to do that thing that you've always wanted to do. So that might be a shout as well. Um, Stefana has asked a great question. And just off the back of this, Stefana is a manager in one of the gyms and supports the PTs probably more than... Uh, and most managers do at this moment in time. Um, as a manager, how do I keep the PT's positive mindset in this time? Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, again, I think it's, it's leading by example and doing all the things that you would advise clients. Um, keeping them positive in that, again, it's exactly what we do with our clients, is creating a community, same as you guys have, have done here. It doesn't necessarily have to be constructive positivity, I think, sometimes. Sometimes just trying to make each other laugh. I mean, I've discovered TikTok. I said I, I wouldn't do it. I said I wouldn't do it, and I've done it. But in terms, do you know what? Not that it was ever put out for that reason. I just thought I'd share it with my friends and family, uh, and and my clients. And it's probably got the most engagement out of anything I've ever done. And <laughs> which is a kick in the nuts at the same time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, as you guys said, it's like creating group challenges. It's perhaps challenging different people in the group to challenge others by empowering them as well. Mm. So I think sometimes as a leader, we bear the weight of having to lead many, but actually part of that role is putting some accountability on others as well, sharing yeah. the load, you know. So if you can identify some leaders in your PT team, Pick some of those. Stick them in a position of authority. You'll be, you'll be amazed how people step up in these scenarios. There's a lot to be said. It's funny, actually. I can relate to what you've just said because we've done these for the, for the, for the past four or five years. Like we've had this group. We've put content into the group constantly. Um, we've turned up on live Q&As where there's been one person here and it's been a really good topic and we've been like, I'm going to head against the wall. We had a few beers and got steaming when the gyms got closed on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> You've never had so many people on. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think um, from Stefana, from your point of view as well, is I'm trying to obviously trying to stay as neutral as possible in this in, with this question, but trying to put myself in your shoes and potentially what I would do, and I definitely do what Dan just said regards to getting and making sure that they're all in some element of group. I know there's a bit of a grey area around WhatsApp groups at the minute because of pure gym changing the model and so on. But I think right now we need to be humanised stuff and just really support them as much as possible. And that might be the laughs that you have over a TikTok or a challenge or a pub quiz that you may do. You might get them in a closed group together on Facebook or something and do more support there. Um, and I think letting them, it's good that you just said that, letting them have a leader in that as well that is one or two other PTs. So you feel part of that support network as well. So it's not just you supporting all the time, but you have saying to be able to self-reflect yourself and then go right these are the things that i'm going to do today having them conversations with your pts and showing that you're in it will be so much more important than ever um these thousands of pts that are out there right now that are, don't fall into the category and are a bit worried about the category of what the government sent out and a bit worried about from a financial perspective 
So some humour and taking the edge off that while supporting them will be huge at this point. Huge. Um, so I, I agree. Um, you guys have got probably five more minutes for some more questions. So keep firing away. Any questions that you may have, we'll tackle them all. Um, I've kind of got through most of my stuff. Nick, is there anything else that you want to kind of touch on with Dan whilst, whilst you're here? I've got one more question, actually, but I'll leave it to you for a minute. Get, um, yeah, I think only because I know a couple of the guys that are watching um, and sent a question in a few days ago and we tried to answer it, just like your take, really. There's a couple of guys watching that are amazing trainers, like technically really, like really good, great client base in the gym, um, very much into kind of... <clears throat> um, strength building, muscle building, very technical, you know, and I think it might be, not to put you on the spot at all, mate, but it might be good to get your take on um, how your ideas on how they can almost manage clients that are so used to and dependent on that technical style of training going into the home 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 now and training in the, in the home and how they can potentially articulate that or continue training them in some capacity um yeah um it's, it's a tough one because it's something i'm having to do similar with at the moment is you know for want of a better phrase is maybe, maybe they're not the most technically advanced or kinesthetically aware clients that do rely on that as you said um we've been doing skype and facetime and you know how big one of rack these up in terms of packages and the support they offer you're, you're not going to have the eye you have obviously with a one-to-one -one, mm. but it's manipulating other variables and just making it fun i think we've got we've got to i'm a fan of structure and progressive overload like everyone else but i mean with my guys i've been doing things as small as just tempo lifts you know 15 rep sets 15 five sets on the um eccentric five second pause five seconds on the concentric just looking away manipulating those variables um but in a way that you can still visually give them feedback on as well you're limited on the screen um i mean i've, I've heard of some people going into the lengths of writing down essays per, <laughs> per exercise personally because i i mean largely my, my career was built off one-to-one -one. i do do some online training now so if you was to ask my opinion on that, I would say speak to Emma, which you've already, who you've already had on, but that, that is her. But in terms of face-to-face, -face, it's making the best of what you can do for now. Some of my clients that aren't the most kinesthetically aware for, at, the, at the moment and wrapping their head around a certain situations, they're just not training. But I do keep in regular contact with them. So again, it's, it's meeting them where they're at and managing the expectations of them. So if they do rely on you, through that visual feedback all the time. Perhaps trialing that session out, trialing a FaceTime, trialing Skype, mm -hmm. which isn't the same, I fully appreciate that. Um, work out a monetary exchange in which you're both happy if that's a compromise, or you'll have clients that wanna pay you exactly the same, because I think that's what we all need to remember as well. Although we might be removed from our clients, it doesn't, it doesn't nullify our experience our knowledge base the support mm -hmm. we can we can have so from a self-worth as a trainer perspective as well while she not might not be able to do exactly everything as you did it before it um doesn't invalidate your experience or anything like that at all 
Brilliant, mate. That's really useful. Really useful. Yeah. We've got a couple more questions. Um, so these are the last two guys, I reckon, at the time. Um, Hayley, yesterday one of my new clients told me her granddad died last week from the virus. Wow. Okay. How would we, how would be best to support clients who've lost or have ill loved ones because of the virus? And also, if one of our clients becomes symptomatic, I have one girl now who is, and that's anxiety about getting really ill or affecting one of their loved ones, how would you best support or comfort them too? Mm, I think it's almost, in, in those scenarios, we, we kind of have to, forget, not, not forget, but uh, our nutritional recommendations or exercise recommendations fall secondary to our humane responsibilities in that we just have to be an ear for them to offer them reassurance the best we possibly can. You know, if, for example, the client with who's become symptomatic is just regularly checking in on them. And that's not necessarily phoning them every day. It's just how are you as a text? Um, loved ones, it's, it's, again, this is such a difficult question to answer because none of us in our lifetimes have ever experienced anything like this. So I'm, I'm giving these answers and they are just my answers in that just do the best as you can as a human. I'm not saying my answers are the best answers, but you have to decide between you and your clients. Um, or just on a personal level, what you feel comfortable offering there again. Sorry, that wasn't very helpful, that was very vague. But no, I think, I it's, it, I think that's <laughs> ideal, mate, because it's, I won't go into details, but it, dealing with this is to a certain degree, and I feel kind of, slightly well majorly awkward in what the right thing to say do how often you know and i think like you said just reassuring that you are there at any point for in whatever capacity and it ended up um this particular person was just saying like just give me something to distract mm. so there you go, there's a long workout, off you go. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing I talk about, you know, when, you know, once a day, do it if you want to, but it's there if you want it, and that's yeah. it. And I think everybody, everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to, some people might want to talk, rear off, some people might want not want to talk about it at all. Some people might want to be distracted by it. Some people want to, you know, for it. I think you're right there, mate. It's just being there in whatever capacity that they want. And it, people will go through different stages as well, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. It, come, it comes in waves. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I certainly have my good days and then my catastrophic days. And then I'm, the next day, I'm, like today, I feel surprisingly upbeat and positive, but then I don't know how I'm going to be feeling tomorrow. So it does come in waves, but again, it's acknowledging with all those thoughts and feelings, as much as we try and modify it, they do just come and go in waves. Mm. Uh, again that's what that's why i personally I, I journal and i think uh, journaling is really handy yeah and mm. i think what Haley, it's what you can control with this as well is mm. you control a text or an email or um whatever it is to see how like that how, how that person is today and i suppose the next question is how can i support in any way and that might be then where nick's just turned around and said i just need something to distract myself from it okay here's a workout so there's a lot to be said by just asking them two questions. Um, 
because it shows that you're there and you can support. And then when it comes to them feeling ill and having anxiety about the whole issue of kind of passing it on and family, all you can do is follow the same government advice that every single person in the whole world right now is doing, which is keep them confined to a space that they're going to need to be in and stay in until it passes. Um, and then in between that, if they need stuff to occupy their mind and so on, maybe that's something that you can go either as a group or as a one-to-one. Uh, it could be something as simple. I've I seen a good, one of the girl PTs this morning who's a really, really good coach. Who, she's distracting her own mind by she enjoys colouring. And it might be just something as simple as, as something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's non-health, uh, well, it is health, but non-nutrition, non-exercise based. Um, so I suppose there's a lot to be said with deal with what you can control, I suppose. Um, last question. Um, these have been really good questions, so I mega appreciate you asking them all. How would you approach, this is from Bethany, how would you approach a client who so far hasn't replied to emails and texts but is a more vulnerable client and would rely, uh, would really benefit from regular contact? I worry about. Yeah, I think it's, um, that, that's a funny one. No, no disrespect with the responses. You know, when we say things like, and with all the best intent in the world, that would, that would do better with more communication. That's very much your analysis. They might, that to them, their way of coping might not be, but actually just letting that person know that you're there. So, you know, I, I do know, I've got a couple of friends actually, more than clients like it, but it's just, I know when they're suffering, they're quiet, I might not get a response, but then as a follow-up, it might just be, hey, hope you're okay, just to let you know, thinking of you, always here if you need near. It can be that simple. Um, if, they're, if they're not responding, that just might be their way of dealing with it no matter how much we think people would benefit from talking uh, i know certainly i have times when actually talking about stuff makes you feel worse everyone's on a different level with this sort of stuff i don't think there is a right or wrong answer but more than anything just establishing that there is a line of communication there and it is always open to that person whenever they, whenever or if they feel they need it yeah. and so to certain people they might never feel that that's needed Mm. but they might appreciate that you letting them know that you're there anyway yeah and even if that's every day even if you have to repeat something every day um until they tell you to do one um like how are you today and it might just be a message that you set as a reminder every morning you send it or and at least you then know that you're doing what you can Um, and they'll come back to you when they're ready understand they're vulnerable there's going to be a lot of people in that same situation at this moment in time um, but you can only, again, it comes back to the other one. You can only do what you can control, which is really frustrating because you really want to help, but um, mm. you can't do a level of assumption in this moment. It needs to be us as neutral as possible, just offering support where we can. Um, yeah. I've just because I was just going to mention because I've done similar. I mean, I set up a Facebook group, not just for clients, for basically anyone at the moment. In that, everyone's welcome to go on there and share, share like some positives, stuff, stuff you're grateful with. But at the same time, if you want to watch and just observe from a distance, that in itself is an outlet for some people. And the thing is with Facebook community groups as well, if you are concerned about that person that they haven't responded, you can see who's seen a post, even if they haven't responded or engaged in that post. So you know they've opened it. So if, you know, client in question, you've added them to a community Facebook group, they might not engage in that, if they were looking from a distance, they at least know you enough to support them. Such a big shout. Such a big shout. Bethany's put, is it possible to get in touch with Hayla? I think we're struggling with similar issues, but we're good to support one another. That's amazing. So I suppose you could connect through the Facebook group and just message each other on a messenger or something like that. But if you struggle to get in contact, when we post this video in 
have to get my head around how to do that next, Nick. That's another challenge for me today. Um, when we, uh, we post this recording, I'll do it, lads. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. We'll just uh, just tag. We'll just tag you both in, so you can both connect that way. Okay, mate. That was unreal. Um, it was great for us to talk about something completely different. That's yeah. going to be hugely valuable, in my opinion, to everyone who watches, because there's lots of different methods that people can apply with to support their clients and apply more so for themselves. Um, so that's huge. Um, lastly, where can people find you if they want to reach out for support? You just mentioned that Facebook group and you've added me to that. And I, yeah, I added you to it without you even asking. I forced you into my group. No, I, mate, it's going to be, I think the thing for me at the minute is I'm getting my session in at six or seven. Even I bet even Nick's peed off for me in a minute because I'm not budging on my time. I'm literally not budging on it because I know where it, like I know I need that structure. So I'm getting my training in six or seven, and we finish at like nine at night. So I've literally got no time. Uh, but I'm going to start making sure that I have a, a bit more time to access the group and so on and contribute a little bit more because what you've set up there is unreal. Do you want to talk about that and then let people know where they can find you and so on? Uh, I mean, generally searching Dan Osman, uh, OSMA, and anywhere you'll find me. A really regrettable um, Twitter, uh, not Twitter, Instagram handle, ace underscore Dan underscore Osman. I didn't think ahead. I mean, I had my. <laughs> I'm I had not being like this because every time I go to look for him, I can't find him. I actually, yeah, I, I was only a couple of years ago, I actually took my account off private. That was another stupid thing. But anyway, um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram there. Uh, the, the group on Facebook is called Better Together. It's a free one. It's just a place where people can share their thoughts and feelings. It's not distinctly for clients. It's stuff. There's, there's only one ask, is that if you do share and you don't feel it's particularly positive, you do have to share one thing positive along with it. So if you feel it's particularly negative post, it can be something you're grateful for, uh, a video. I mean, the other day I was telling, I was just decided to text all my clients um, about uh, a Netflix stand-up, which I just found hilarious. Tom Segura, disgraceful. Disgraceful. It's a, it's a quiet taste. It's a bit crass, but it was, it was right on my street. So, yeah, if you want something <laughs> to cheer you up, go watch that. But, yeah, Dan Osman, anywhere you'll find me. Real. And then you were with the, F, the FU guys, am I allowed to say it like Oh yeah, I didn't mention that, did I? Yeah, yeah. so um, I'm a co-host of a fitness, fitness Unfiltered podcast as well with a GP and someone else you might know as well. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Say again. Thanks for having me. Honoured. Oh, it's been brilliant, mate. Hopefully it won't be the last time. Um, I think we're in this for a long haul, so... We'll need you back on soon. <laughs> anytime. Anytime, guys. Top man, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you all took a lot from that podcast. Um, if you do have any comments, questions, um, feedback for us, please feel free to send it through to us. We always really appreciate any type of feedback to improve these going forward. Stay safe, guys. Take care.